Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes for a moment. Picture in your mind, if you can, right now, that that place of perfect peace that you can find yourself in. There have been times when I was out camping with my wife and uh, no sound early up in the morning sitting out just uh, nature and there's such a peacefulness but there's also been times where I've been in the midst of a storm lightning and thunder and everything and the rain coming down and yet there's something peaceful about it so whatever it is for you right now just picture that Take a couple deep breaths for a moment. There are times that life becomes overwhelming. Things are outside of what we can handle, control, deal with. And it's important to realize that there is another one that's in the fire with us. That we're not alone. That the Word declares He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And many times we can't see Him. And so we become overwhelmed by the circumstances and yet if we can come to that place of peace of focusing on him those things that we can control we can find peace in the midst of nature in the midst of the storm in the midst of the fire he is there somebody, shake somebody's hand, just let them know that you're glad they're here today.
Is my heart good to see you fellowshipping, loving on one another?
as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Do I have bitterness? Am I an angry person? Are my words harsh? Is my heart tender? Do I forgive others freely? Then we listen and wait for the powerful yet gentle voice of God. It will rarely be audible, but we will know what he's saying to us. We can allow these scriptural meditations to go with us throughout our day, making us aware of any bitterness, anger, harshness, hard-heartedness, or unforgiveness that is attempting to hijack our thoughts. This is meditating on God's word. The truths from scripture sink deep into our souls when we meditate on God's word. Meditation provides us a new level of rest because we are spending our mental energy thinking about God's word and not drowning our minds with the worries of this world. Not only that, Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord. I love that um, we can't script what God's doing. Well, we can try. But it typically um, becomes a frustration for us. Um, you know, we, we have a, a general idea of how service goes. Um, but we always uh, have this understanding that is present, and that is the Lord has the ability to direct our steps. You know, we, we're walking this journey, um, but we're not the ones in control. And last week, as I came together, the series title, as I shared just a little bit on last week, um, was Keys to the Kingdom and how we need to understand the different principles that are present for us to, to experience the kingdom of God here on this earth. And last week's message title, Focus, was that of Worship. And how the first path to enter into uh, an understanding of the kingdom of God is through the gateway of worship. And it was beautiful how God set the stage for us to understand that last week. Um, and, and some were asking if I was going to give you all the answers for last week's sermon notes that you have. No, I'm not. Um, right now but you can come to me another time and i will pull that message out and give it to you we're going to move on to number the the second key today to experience the kingdom of god we need to be seekers we need to be seekers whether it be corporate or private 
we need to understand that we are called to seek God. So when we come together at a time like this, we seek God through various avenues, whether it be worship or the Word or relationship. Um, Seekers of God can find God in the midst of lots of things. I shared earlier that I find God in the midst of a storm. How many loves a good storm? Now, when we lived in South Dakota, we had amazing snowstorms, but their thunderstorms were a little weak. Um, They didn't have the thunder and lightning like we have here. Um, Lots of rain, but man, I love coming back here because the lightning and the thunder, I know some of you, it, it sets uneasy, but I just love that there is that ability to understand the the true power of God in those things. When I, when I moved out to Oregon uh, years ago to go to Bible college, um, I had never left Ohio prior to going to Oregon to go to Bible college. I was uh, born and raised in Ohio, lived on a, in a farming community. Um, I really just, that's where life happened. Um, and then God sent me to Oregon. And my first time seeing the ocean, it was overwhelming. Just to see, the, there we, my friends had taken me this one place and the waves would hit the, the, the rocky shores so high. And the way, there would literally be this wave of uh, water that would come you know, 50, 100 yards up over the shore because it was hitting so hard. And it was, it was so amazing to behold. I found God there. Some people look at that and it's like, how can you find God? It's because God is present always. It's not just when we need Him. He's always there. We just don't know how to see Him. We don't know how to experience Him. Last week I started this a little bit with Matthew chapter 6, verses 9-13. through 13. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I'm sure if you've been in the church any time over your lifetime, you've said the Lord's Prayer a few times. Really, it's the disciples' prayer because it's, it's that prayer that we need to say that helps us to understand a little glimpse into who God is. It reads this way, Our Father in Heaven, if you're King James, Our Father who art in Heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is wanting us to seek Him. Last week we talked about hallowing the name of God. That His name is already holy, but it is our responsibility to bring that awareness that 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 hallowing presence that we set the name of God apart and we make it significant we make it important we make it we give it the power do its name scripture tells us that uh, there is coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord whether people agree with it or not at that moment on that day it will not matter because every knee from those who have been lifetime worshipers of God to those who have 
ignored or been adversarial towards God, every knee will bow and every knee will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be this, uh, this coming of Christ in such a powerful way that people will a- admit and acknowledge who He is for who He was sent to be. The Savior of the world. But then He says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the place where I'm going to spend a little bit of time today helping us to understand that this aspect, your kingdom come, is that responsibility that falls upon us to become seekers of God. Do you know how to seek Him? How many of you like a good game of hide and seek? Now, our, our young people love, they have another name for it. I don't remember what it is. What Sardines. Hi, it, we were old-fashioned. It was hide-and-seek. They, 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 you find a place and you hide. And, and back then, I was not as squirmy about spiders and other kinds. I could, I could crawl into any place. I could lay down in any ditch. Things didn't bother me. I'm not so much anymore. I'm much more, I, I like my areas to hide in to be cleaner free of cobwebs and stuff like that Um, but back then I didn't care and our young people some of them some of these guys are good and they can contort their bodies into small places and they and they're good at being quiet some of them are terrible at being quiet Um, my grandsons are terrible at hide and seek because they go they hide but as soon as you get close they jump out (laughs) it's like You've missed the concept about this. We're to find you. Some of these young people are not as good either because they can't stop talking while they're hiding. It's, it's a challenge. Or they want to have their light on on their phones because they don't like the dark. Which then also makes it easy to find them. Um, but God is not lost in such a way that He's... he's out there in some... He's putting Himself in a position where we have to work hard at finding Him. He is present. And if we'll seek Him, if we will open up our eyes, we can see God. If we open up our ears, we can hear God. And some people say, well, I want to hear Him in an audible sense. But God is speaking all the time. There are times it comes in the voice of a small child. Or it comes in the voice of an elderly person who's walked with Him for you know, 70, 80 years and And God's voice becomes even more clear in those times. But God is speaking. We need to learn to listen. How many of you know the voice of your children? And in the midst of a crowd, if your child makes a sound, you can hear them. You can acknowledge them. We become attuned to those still small voices. And uh, there is is something about it. Um, They talk about moms, um, newborns that are not newborns, but moms who have a newborn. (laughs) And uh, there is something about in a room full of, you know, babies that when there's cries, they can hear, they can distinguish 
their cry from all the others. Men, not as much in some of those areas, but that's okay. This, there's no judgment. No judgment here. But it is because our ears are tuned. Scripture says in Revelation, he that has, has an ear, let him hear. But we have two. So we have all the tools necessary to hear God. We just have to learn to hear. I remember back when I was six, um, I was, uh, they put me in the hospital to do an operation on my left eye. I was um, born cross-eyed, and um, they sent, went in, they were correcting the muscles on that side, and so that it would pull the eye uh, to work with the, the other, uh, the right eye. And it was at that time they found out I was blind in that eye. Back then they didn't check vision, so up, you know, up until six, no one knew that I only had one functioning eye. But I didn't know any different. But during that surgery, they sealed my right eye for a period of time so that my left eye, the muscles, would learn to adjust. It was such an overwhelming experience, those first periods of time where you could not open your eye not being able to see. But there's also a place of peace you come to. Because once you, get, you settle into it, you realize you're not alone. But at first you feel that way because you can't see. And sometimes when we can't hear all the noise, we feel like we're alone. But when we settle into the silence, we realize we're never alone. God is present. The issue is for us to learn to seek Him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. There are two significant pieces here. The responsibility that is placed upon us to seek and then the responsibility to live righteously. That living righteously is living in right standing with God. It means that you are living in such a way that your life is honoring God. And it is going to look different throughout your life. Some days, where you're at today, I guarantee you is going to look different than where you are in 10 years and where you are in 20 years. And there are things that you that God permits in your life today that in 10 years, 20 years, He, he may not. And that's okay. God's working with you. He's, he's, he's taking you to someplace new. God is so individual. He puts, a, he puts a plan of care together that is specific with you. Um, many of you know I also work for hospice, and part of uh, Medicare guidelines is every patient that I meet with has to have an individualized plan of care. That means the things that I'm addressing in this thing have to be specific to that patient. And if they pull up that plan and it's somewhere else in another patient then you get in trouble because your plan is not individualized. God is, has individualized a plan of care for you. What, what Tabitha needs is going to be different than what Nancy needs. And God works with Tabitha differently than Nancy. And I'm thankful for that. How many of you how, can be thankful that God works with you where you're at? But we don't always view that at first. 
So we need to understand that when he says to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost, and then live righteously, God is taking us from a place of where we're at to where he desires to be. And until the day of Christ's return, or until the day you leave this world, God is working at bringing you to a place of fulfillment, of completion, of maturity, that's going to help you be presented on that day without spot or wrinkle. But it's not, a, it's not like he's starting to build a house today and tomorrow it's done. <laughs> It takes some time. And he understands that. He's not in a hurry. He wants to make sure what gets, gets done in you is done in such a way that will, it will bring about long-term health and a relationship that honors who he is. So he wants you to become seekers of who he is, first and foremost. And, and that is a practice that we need to enter into every day we need to learn to seek God first in our lives. Before we say yes to a job offer, we need to seek God. Before we say yes to a relationship, we need to seek God. Before we say uh, yes to moving, we need to seek God. God needs to be first. Now I guarantee you that once you develop this practice, it is easier in life to say yes to something that comes about in a moment because you are in a relationship where you're continually seeking and you already have a desire and a mentality that says, I understand the will of God for where my life is right now. I know the things that God is leading me to. And when this opportunity presents itself, I can say yes. Now, when, um, when I met my wife years ago, um, I, up until that point, I had been praying about the person I was going to marry. And when I met her that day, I knew I was going to marry her. Now, I had only met her here in this church. I was here for a youth function. I was a single youth pastor over at Open Bible Christian Center. I met her. We came here for a, a time of prayer and pasta. Um, it was, it, normally the youth pastors did pizza and prayer, but that day they decided they were going to do pasta, So, which I love pasta. It worked out well. I met her here. She was working with the youth group, and I knew that day we were going to get married. Now, it took me a couple months before the next step happened, but it's it's because I was already walking with God. I already knew this was going to happen. I actually set in motion that day. I met with the regional board of Open Bible. I got their blessing. I was working at the regional office also. So I did all these things, and I never even talked to her outside of that day. And then we went to camp. We were, she was working with this youth group here up in camp, and I was working with mine. We went through all camp week. I didn't say much to her. Because I was focused on my kids for camp. And, and on Friday of camp, we're coming home. I set up with her youth pastor. I said, we're gonna, let's have some dinner at your house and play cards. So we did that. And that's where, that was our first real conversation. The next day, I went to the zoo with her and her youth group to a concert. And then the next day, I went to her church. She came to my church. I asked her to marry me. So, and, and there's a lot more to the story young people <laughs> it doesn't happen just because 
I want to marry that person, I'm going to go ask him now. <laughs> I was living in such a way that I already knew what the will of, I, I didn't want to mess around with dating. I never, I was never someone, I tried dating once in college, it ended miserably. I got engaged. I'm telling you, I'm not a good person at this. I got engaged because everybody was telling me it was the right thing to do, and, and we were engaged for a whole week. I was miserable, she was miserable, we broke that off, and, and that was done. My one and only time. I didn't date my entire way at, time through high school. I didn't like dating. It was messy. I didn't know a single friend that had a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship that had ended well in high school. Does anybody else understand what I'm saying? They're ugly. Sometimes they don't even like each other anymore. I'm thinking, why would I do that? I, the only thing that mattered to me when I got saved at 16, my freshman year in high school, was God. And that's all, the only relationship I wanted. And, and I tried to get in a relationship because I was, <laughs> seriously, it was my senior year of college. And I'm thinking, you know, I had told, been told that it was a ring by spring or your money back. And this was my last spring of Bible college. A lot of people go to Bible college to get married. Not a good plan. But I'm thinking, God, this is my last chance. <laughs> so I let pressures build and I got engaged. And, and praise God, a week later, it ended. Um, and we were still friends, praise God. Because it wasn't, it just, you know, it was like, let's do this. It's like, no, let's not after a while. It's like, it's a stupid idea. So then I came back and I met her and, and God had set in motion the things that needed to happen so that when I met her, I was ready. But I wasn't ready even before that when I met this other girl. Man, marriage is a lot of work. Anybody who tells you it's not is selling something. But the only reason I was ready for marriages was because I was a seeker of God first. And if you don't know how to seek God before you get into marriage, it becomes so much more complicated in marriage. Now, I know a lot of people that found God after they got married. Praise God. But it multiplies the effort and challenges when you're trying to do it on the other side. So let me just tell you, young people, start today. If you want to have a godly relationship, make sure today you know how to seek God. Because if He is the first important thing in your life today, then no matter what guy or girl comes your way down the road, and God has a definite plan for your life, you're going to be able to walk in that plan when it's time. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 it, is probably one of my all-time favorite verses. Chapter 7, verse 14. And, and I love how God personalizes this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. See, it's a process that, that we have to first be in relationship. <laughs> God's not talking to you if you're not one of His children. <laughs> 
People talk to me all the time. Well, pastor, this person isn't doing this or this person did this to me. And, and I'll ask them a very simple question. Do they know Jesus? No. There are no rules that regulate those things. It, people do what is pleasing to themselves, whatever their desires are. It's not right, but it's the truth. See, the, the Scriptures give guidelines to people who are walking with God today. See, it's the Scriptures themselves, it's the Bible itself that actually gives us guidelines for marriage. People want to know why it's important that the church have a say in the marriage covenant and what it's all about. It's because it's what set the standard. Before that, there weren't these guidelines. God was the one who said that it was not good for a man to be alone, so I created woman. Praise God! That God said it wasn't good for us to be alone, and He created woman so that we would be one together. And that's why the woman was taken from man, from a rib at his side, so that they walk side by side together to accomplish something. And it's important for us to understand that when we seek God, we have more of an understanding and an awareness of how valuable a spouse is that loves God also. So what you need to look for, young people, and I didn't intend for this to be about you guys, but it works right now. What you need to look for is someone who loves God more than you. Find someone who loves God more than you. Because you know what? If you, if you find someone that loves God more than you, they're always going to obey Him first. Because see, God's never going to have you do something that violates the relationship you have with Him. See, when I love God more than my wife, it means that everything that I do is going to be a benefit to who she is and who we are. But that's a challenge every day. I can't tell you I always get that right. (laughs) Those days I buy ice cream to have at home. (laughs) I mean, yes, there is a mutual benefit that we get, but it's not necessarily helpful now that's on that side of it but the but we need to understand the challenges that come in a husband wife relationship it is difficult when you're tired have any of you ever been tired and your spouse wanted you to do something (laughs) can i share about yesterday you i didn't talk to you about this but it's okay i know you'll be okay so my, my wife was downstairs working, and she had been working. Her and I had both been working in the basement all day. And it's like, okay, I need to go upstairs. I need to finish up my stuff for today. So I'm upstairs, and I, literally, I just made a cup of coffee, set it down, had my laptop on my desk. I just reclined my uh, chair. And my wife calls up, hey, can you bring me a couple trash bags down? Um, I'm too tired, and I don't want to come back up the steps. And I look around and I'm thinking, I don't even have a single child at home at this point that I can have take her a trash bag. Now, I'm going to be honest, if Matthew or Tabby would have been home, they would have been getting a trash bag. But I got up, went in and got her trash bags and took them downstairs. 
and I came back up. Because it's not about me. I don't always get that right. <laughs> but yesterday, I got that one right. And, and I'm not going to tell you it was because I was reading this, doing this message. It just, God brought it to me right now and he said, hey, well done now, good and faithful husband. You got that one right. But God wants us to be seekers. We, want, we need to be in relationship with him. And then he says that we need to humble ourselves, pray and seek him. Humbling ourselves simply means that we need to get ourselves out of the way so that God can speak. Sometimes we are so full of ourselves that there's no room for God. And church, if you want God to move in your life, He has to increase and we must decrease. And that's not an easy thing to do. Humble ourselves, pray, and seek. They're joined together. The praying and seeking are a, a couple. Praying means we're in communication, and seeking means we are looking for God in every situation. We're looking for God. When we worship, we're looking for God. Now you would think when we're in a worship service that it should be easy, but not always because we still have a responsibility to look and find God in the midst of our time of worship. And praying is communication, and so we're talking with God, and we're saying, God, help me see you in this moment. Help me to find you in the midst of this time of worship. Help me to find you in the midst of my reading of your word today. Help me to find you in the midst of this storm. Help me to find you in the midst of this fire. Whatever it may be, you're saying, God, help me to see you. Not just see you, to see your face. Earlier in the Scriptures, God was talking about how man couldn't look on his face. And who did He tell? Who was wanting to see God face to face? Who wanted to see God face to face? Moses. He said, God, I want to see You. I want to know You. So God hit him in the cleft of the rock. And then he overshadowed him and allowed his presence to go before him. He overshadowed so that he didn't, Moses could not handle the fullness of who God was. And God overshadowed him so that he could still. But Moses desired it. So many times we don't desire to see God in that level of brightness because what happens when there is that much light? (laughs) There's no darkness. And you can see every... Have you noticed that when that sun shines into your living room or whatever room it is, that all these particles of dirt are illuminated? It's amazing. It's amazing how much more dust and dirt you can see in your house when there's full light. See, when God's brightness is allowed to increase, those things that are in our life that are not right that are not where they need to be, are illuminated. And we have a choice to make. (laughs) 
when we want to see God to that capacity, to that intensity, then we have to decide what is going to change. Am I going to clean house? How many of you have ever got it up and started cleaning house when you see all that dirt? Only ladies. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to throw all of you men under the bus, but I didn't see any of you raise your hands. (laughs) Most guys said, well, the light will eventually fade. Um, (laughs) But there is this, this desire to clean when you see it. Seek His face. Be men and women who want to see the face of God and turn from our wicked ways. We have a responsibility to say, God, forgive me. When all this light has been shown on my life, God, I'm sorry. I I recognize this. I see my sin. It is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned. David was praying that in Psalm 51 as God had sent the prophet Nathan to confront David in the midst of his sin. God showed up and David said, Lord, I am sorry. I messed up. I blew it. Forgive me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't turn your face from me. I need you, Lord. When we do that, he says, I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. See, seeking God in this process is necessary for all believers. Years ago, the the church universal began to embrace this seeker-sensitive model of church where we were so focused on not doing anything that would possibly offend somebody to make them not want to come to church. And I'm not here to speak pros or cons on any of that, but I think this to be true. Anytime we are more concerned about other people attending church than honoring God when we come, we are missing out on why we're here. So today I'm going to try to bring this, land this ship here for us. I'm going to give you real three quick things that we can do to seek God. Number one, we seek God in, your, in our obedience, in your obedience. Seek God in your obedience. Learn to obey God. When God says to answer or to do something, you do it. Acts 5.29 says, And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Jeremiah 7.23 says, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. 1 Samuel 15.22, Samuel said, Has the Lord uh, as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice we need to learn to obey God that means we need to learn to hear God we need to know his voice scripture says that my sheep know my voice and so many times we wrestle with this well what does the voice of God sound like well how much time have you spent in the word The more time I spend with my wife, the more I know her voice. The more I know her needs. 
I, I, I don't mean to say it in a proud way, but I pride myself and I know my wife. I, there are very few restaurants that I go to that I cannot sit down without her saying a word and order her, her food. I, I know her. I know my children. I, I may not want to order what Tabby's going to eat, but I know typically what she's going to eat. No, I'm just kidding here. <laughs> but I know them because I've spent time with them. And if you want to know the voice of God, the only way you're going to know the voice of God is if you spend time with Him. And you spend time with Him by reading His Word. John chapter 1. This is not on my notes, Matt. That's all right. John chapter 1. You can turn there with me. It says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. existed. The Word was God and the... Word was God, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you want to know God, know His Word. See, I don't need... To wonder whether or not somebody is preaching the right thing or not by asking a bunch of other people. I just need to look at the Word. Is what they're saying aligning to the Word of God? Because if it's not, I need to let it go. If you ever hear me preach something in this church that does not align to the Word of God, I give you permission. Not only do I give you permission, I require you to let it go. Because it's not from God. If it does not align with God's Word, I don't care who it is, we need to let it go if it doesn't align with God's Word. His Word is the plumb line. His Word is the one thing that everything is built upon. It is the foundation. And if you want to learn the voice of God, read God's Word because it is the only way you will ever be able to distinguish all the voices out there. Seek God in your obedience to Him. Do what He tells you to do. See, now you know why, Miss Elaine, I can't give you last week's notes. I probably won't get through this week's. And I only had six pages. Seek God in your obedience. Seek God in your service. says, without faith it is impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11.6 For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Jeremiah 29.13 And you will seek Me and find Me when you search with Me for all, with all your heart. Church, in our service to God, we need to seek God. Whether you're cleaning a toilet, vacuuming a floor, Mowing the lawn, taking food to a shut-in, whatever it may be, you need to be a seeker of who God is. And you need to look for God in that service. Everything that we do serving somebody, we should look for God in. And finally, number three, <laughs> giving you really quick. My introduction, you know, 90 minutes, 10 minutes here. 
Number three, seek God in your giving. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In your giving, you need to learn to to seek God. My family, we have... We give at different times for different things, and everybody can. Everybody has their thing. My wife will put money in the offering for something that I have no idea about. I see her do it, and it's like I don't know what she's given to. That's okay. I don't. I don't always consult with my wife when I put money into the offering for something. It's okay. We get. We know that there is a responsibility in our house to obey God in our giving, whatever it is. If God says to give this, you know, give somebody a 20 and you, you just obey, you do it. But we need to look for opportunities in our giving. And I'm not just talking financially, but in those things that we give away, look for, if you have something sitting in your house that is not being used, pray, God, what do you want to do with this? How do you want to use this? Seek God in your giving and god's going to bless you you know whether it be you giving away a vehicle or giving away a cup of water the issue is can you give and seek god in the giving god has a plan he wants to bless you in ways that you have no idea about right now but you're only going to come to full awareness of this when you learn to seek Him. Can you join with me in a commitment to seek God? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. <laughs> I know there are so many exciting things yet to happen today. Our time over at the Miracle Home, uh, fellowshipping and playing games. It's going to be a great time of fellowship together. It's, you've given us beautiful weather already to enjoy this great day. And even in that time of fellowship, I pray that every man, woman, or child here will be seekers of you in the midst of their time together. And I pray that this week that each one here will commit to seeking you through your word through their service and their obedience and their giving. Whatever it is that they look for you and they become men and women who look for you in every aspect of their life. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fire, in the stillness of the night, in the chaos of the day, that they find the attitude and the desire to seek You. And we just pray Your blessing on each one. Help us to commit to You in that. Help us to resolve to be seekers of Your face. To the extent that that which is not of You would be illuminated and that we would be willing to deal with it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for showing up. 
for working with us to become more than we are today. To walk differently. To live differently. We just thank you for that. Go with us today in all that we do. We honor you by choosing to live for you every day. In your name. Amen. Praise God. Ushers, would you come? If you um, were not aware, we do have a time of fellowship out at the Miracle House today. Seth, wave at everybody here. If you don't know how to get to Seth's house, talk to him at the end of service, and he can get you directions there. Uh, It's a taco bar. Um, uh, There's going to be good food and good games, and so you you won't want to miss it. If you have some lawn chairs, bring your lawn chairs, and uh, just come on over and and spend the afternoon. It's going to be a great time, so uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. Um, We seek you in our giving. We desire that you would be manifested in every gift. We pray your blessing on it, that as we give, as we honor you in our giving, that you would bless it and multiply it to meet the needs of your kingdom. We ask for this in your name. Amen.